From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we're learning from our esteemed veteran registered investment advisor, Adam Morse, and our human economic database and fearless CIO, Michael French. And today, we're talking about political bias. Would it be okay if your advisor had a differing political opinion than you? Michael and Adam discuss their experience with differing political um, opinions between them and their clients and similarities as well and what that means for your investment overall. Should your politics inform the way you invest or should it you just leave it by the wayside? Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Keep it simple. We really appreciate it. Please email us with any questions or concerns any uh, episode suggestions, that's at podcast at assetbuilder.com. All right, without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> doing really well, Jared. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Michael? I'm doing great, Jared. Did my voice crack when I answered? Surprising. I imagine like to oh. pick, on, pick on those things, so try to keep it try to keep it smooth to try and keep up with Adam that deep baritone <laughs> voice that he's got oh, yeah oh yeah so today we're talking about political bias and investing so my first question Michael I mean I'm sorry Adam is going to be to you which is how often do your clients ever suggest you make an investment move based on their overall political leanings and therefore their interpretation of the market yeah, I would say pretty often, actually. Um, you know, and I would say that it, it's never something that I bring up. You know, I will never bring up politics as part of an investment discussion. It's really not all that pertinent to, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish for that client and what I'm trying to do for them and with them. Uh, but that said, people care very much about their portfolios and about their investments as they should. And so, um, politics often does influence their view. I don't think it's so much, you know, like a, a specific political item or news story or whatever the topic of the day is. It's more so that I think people, you know, generally have a leaning or you know, kind of a, a worldview or a framework, whatever you want to call it. They have a political position. And like everything else, you know, they view the market through that, that the prism of that, that political uh, position. And mm -hmm. so it impacts their perception of the market. But the problem is I think it impacts their perception of the market more than it actually impacts the market. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the University of Michigan did a study, and we can include the link. This came from a Forbes article a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. But University of Michigan did a, did a research study they basically just asked, you know, people on both sides of the spectrum, left and right, how they felt um, at different points in time. And over half of Republicans in the last year of the Obama administration felt negative about the market. But then if you asked uh, Democrats how they felt about the market in the beginning term of the, the Trump administration, they felt very negative about it. And on both sides of that equation, if either of those groups of people made an investment decision based on that view, if they stayed out of the market or you know, reduced equity exposure, they lost out on positive returns because of that 
that view that, well, you know, my politics don't align with whoever is in the position of power at the moment, and thus markets are going to perform poorly. Um, so I just think it's it's important to kind of keep those things separate. Not to say ignore it, live in a bubble, but you know, look at history and, and try to calibrate, try to put in place a strategy or a, a decision-making framework for how you invest that protects you from those biases. And that's true for a lot of different biases, but especially this one, especially in this climate that we're in now. Um, mm-hmm. Try to follow a decision-making framework that you've put in place beforehand to keep you from making impulsive decisions based on what your political viewpoint may have you at a given point in time. Now, Michael, do you think that um, when you invest that you invest from an apolitical standpoint or do even you have some sort of bias that's sort of subconsciously at play whenever you're thinking about investing and investing moves? Man, you know, it's hard to pick your own biases. It's hard to see your own biases. I think we Mm -hmm. probably all like to think we are above it, that we don't make decisions, that we don't you know, let that influence us. Um, I will say this, we have a pretty good data-driven process. Um, I was explaining to a client the other day, uh, we look back over periods of time and, and we design portfolios that would outperform, you know, not just current, uh, currently outperform, but outperform over uh, multiple time periods, uh, when different people have been presidents, when different parties have been in place, uh, when different uh, groups have controlled the Senate or the House, so that we're we're trying to get people invested in a way that uh, they will benefit no matter what, uh, mm-hmm. no matter who's in play. Uh, having said that, you know, we vote, we have opinions. And so I think that there's probably, um, you know, a a part of us that is, I don't know how, uh, how active I would be considered politically. I don't think I'd be considered very active politically. And so I I don't think that it's a huge uh, source of angst for me. I don't, you know, contemplate what would happen if this party won or if that party won, um, we do, you know, I do a lot of scenario testing and I go out and I see what other people are saying and it, it kind of calms you down, honestly, mm-hmm. um, to look and realize JP Morgan, uh, you know, just throw them out there as an analysis. I ran a 70, 30 benchmark and it said, Hey, if there was a Republican sweep, there'd probably be an increase of, 2.3%. If there was a Democratic sweep, you'd probably go down 2.9%. Um, those numbers, uh, if you go back and you look at them and you say, hey, how historically accurate are they? Honestly, not very. Uh, the, the predictions that people have about what a candidate will do um, are based a lot of times on campaign, you know, promises or campaign speeches, the reality of getting into office and finding out, hey, this is what's best for the American people, um, you know, is going to is going to drive what 
what people do. And so you end up kind of with something, uh, the, the outcome is going to kind of look like uh, something between what each party would, either party would want if they were, you know, the only ones in charge. So there's, I can just give you an example. Uh, if you think about uh, technology and regulating big tech and how would that impact uh, investors, um, you can make a case that either party would have an interest in regulating big tech. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Republicans could say, well, we have been censored by big tech. Uh, these monopolies are hurting us, especially, you know, platforms where people uh, communicate, social media platforms. So we are going to more heavily regulate them. And then if you were going they to- They should be regulated like a utility. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then you could, for the Democrats, regulate. And I'm just based on the fact that Democrats tend to be a party that believes in more heavy regulation, regardless of whether they've been hurt in the past by by a particular industry or not. And so, you know, to sit there and try and speculate and say, oh, well, if this happens, if this if this party wins, tech is going to be heavily regulated. Well, maybe, maybe not. And maybe for the reason you think, and maybe not. But it, it doesn't usually end uh, with, you know, it, it's it's just like taking a crystal ball and doing anything else in the market. We really don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense for us to try and pretend that we do. Now, Adam, here's kind of a strange question. So would it be better to have a – now, it's hard to escape our own bias. We all know that. But do you think that – in so in that – would, do you think it would be better to have a, an advisor whose political um, leanings are actually different than yours so it can sort of limit the amount of bias that you have? In other words, like it sort of balances out your bias. And so it sort of becomes your investment moves some become sort of a balanced act instead of a echo chambered influenced act. That was a really horrible worded question, but hopefully you got the gist. That was a really weird question. You were right. Um <laughs> No, I, uh, I, I, I see what you're getting at, and it's actually a good question, and I can see how kind of like as a thought exercise, it seems attractive. Like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I lean this way. I have these, you know, biases. So I'm going to work with this person that's going to offset that, and so I should end up with this unbiased approach. But unfortunately, I just... And this is a personal view from experience. Michael may disagree. A lot of other people might disagree. But I think there's enough things that you need to be aligned on. I, I don't think when it comes to an advisor-client relationship, you should be looking for points of um, conflict. Okay, I, mm -hmm. I don't think that really benefits the relationship overall. Um, you know, your job as an advisor, <laughs> there's going to be points in time. You can be the best advisor in the world. Your client's going to disagree with things that you do or disagree with your approach. They're going to disagree with this allocation or, you know, the way that you've you've uh, tax sheltered their assets or whatever. There's going to be things that you're going to have to educate them on. You're going to have to work with them on and through. So in my opinion, I, I don't think that would actually be constructive behavior. I think all it would probably do is cause conflict, cause strife. And then eventually that client is going to end up 
ending up in a situation they probably should have started off in the first place, which is just finding someone that's more like-minded to them. Um, ultimately, what I believe is as much as you possibly can, the goal for any client should be hold your investments for the long term. Okay, now take mm-hmm. the proper amount of risk. That That's obviously very important. But assuming you're taking the proper amount of risk, the goal, in my view, is to keep a client from jumping in and out and in and out and in and out based on emotional swings, okay? Right. So anything you can do that's going to limit that behavior, I think is a positive. And I just think that you know what you're kind of outlining does not achieve that goal. It does not achieve a client that is right. going to stay the course, um, ignore the noise as much as possible. I think it's going to have the tendency to push them in the other direction, you know, to make them uncomfortable, to make them want to make a change. Right. And by the way, that that strategy, I don't think that's the goal because it makes my life better. It's the goal because that's what successful investing looks like. Okay, that's that's what it means to be successful investing is to not try to time the market and to hold because that's only really know that's when trends emerge that show, you know, positive returns happen more than negative returns is when you do hold for the long term. So it's in their best interest to do that. So I just don't think it's in at the same time, it's not in their best interest to, you know, purposely align themselves with someone that just agrees with them on something as fundamental as their political views. Now, ideally, those things don't ever have to become part of the equation. Okay, mm-hmm. I know for a fact I have a lot of clients who we probably don't see eye to eye on a whole host of topics. And guess what? We have perfectly healthy working relationships. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. But if you right. have a client that is dead set on aligning or or on you know making their political beliefs part of the discussion, I think it's probably just a better initial position to align rather than than disagree. Michael, now, my- do you agree with that or do you disagree? I think I would agree from the perspective that if somebody thinks it's that important to them, if it's that important to the individual, mm-hmm. then it matters. Like it may not matter to me or to Adam, and, and frankly, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Um, you know, your personal beliefs. Uh, let's say that you have uh, religious or moral beliefs that don't align with mine. Unless you're asking me to do something criminal or launder money, um, I, I'm your financial advisor. I'm working to make sure that you achieve your goals. If I find those goals to be morally objectionable, uh, like, you know, it, but not criminal, it just, hey, that's not what I would do. Um, then it's none of my business. I'm still here to help you meet your goals. And I think, you know, if you, if you take that and you, we all spend our money differently than other people. So let's say that somebody came to us and said, well, I want to make a lot of money so that I can just go, you know, give it all away to some charity that I wouldn't give my money to that charity. I might give my money to my alma mater. Well, Let's say you went to Ohio State University and I went to the University of Michigan. I have no desire to help you give a lot of money to Ohio State University, but it's still my goal. And now that's a silly, you know, I think we all you look, you look at that and you laugh and you'd be like, whatever, rivals. But, you know, taken, taken to a much larger extreme, there are people who are going to spend their money or, or leave money to places where – you as an advisor might say, man, I, I would not want to leave money to that place. 
it should not impact whether or not you're able to serve the client. Um, if the client looks at you and says, well, where would you give a million dollars? And you say, well, I would give it to my church, or I would give it to my alma mater, or I would give it to a local civic organization. And the, the client may say, man, I don't want to put money in your pocket because I think that that is wrong. I find what you do objectionable. Okay, that's their decision. They can make that decision. But as an advisor, uh, my job should be to help you meet your goal no matter whether I agree with that goal, you know, morally, politically, whatever, or not. Again, with a caveat, I'm not going to help you break the law. Um, but other than that, my, my, our job is to help you meet your goals. Now, Adam, building on that, if a client asked, asked you outright your political leanings, um, would you tell them? Yes, and I do. Um, I don't know if that's good business practice. It's just as a human, they're asking me a direct question. I feel compelled to be honest in my response to them. Uh, but I always, you know, there's truth with grace or, or truth with love, however you want to phrase it, right? It's, hey, here's my belief. You asked me the question, but let me explain to you how that has no bearing on my service to you, on my, my guidance to you, okay? And here's why, you know, Michael mentioned earlier, we have a data-driven process. That's extremely true. Okay, so my leanings literally take have zero impact on any given client's investments or allocations, and that will continue to be the case. So if they ask me, I'm going to tell them. Um, and you know, I've had it go both ways. I've had where you, know, you can tell they they bristle a little bit, um, and and you can tell where even if they disagree, they appreciate my honesty and they appreciate that. You know, I don't let that bleed into the picture. So, mm -hmm. you know, in that kind of situation, I just default to, hey, let's be honest, and then I'm going to let the chips fall where they may, um, because I think that's probably just going to service or serve me better in the long run. Now, Adam, have you, in your experience, have you heard of any advisors that do let their politics inform their investing decisions, even if it's incongruent with their clients? Are those guys out there? I'm sure they are. I have not met or or heard of any specific examples of that happening. Um, I, I've heard of a lot of examples <laughs> of where there is a conflict of interests, and you can mm -hmm. argue that a given advisor is not working in a fiduciary capacity mm -hmm. um, that are not political politically motivated. So it would not be hard for me to believe that that does happen, right? Where someone does something that is not purely in the best financial interest of their client motivated by something, you know, you know, client says, Hey, I want, you know, I do not care all about the environment. I don't want any socially responsible funds in my portfolio, yada, yada, yada. But then you mm -hmm. have the advisor that maybe they do care deeply about that. And maybe part of their, their under, you know, their, their policy or their, their approach is, I'm going to have a set percentage of all of my investments at my firm invested in a socially responsible fund, right? So it would not surprise me at all if it was to happen. I just can't say that I have any specific, you know, one-off examples of that occurring. Now, Michael, we are here at Asset Builder Fiduciaries, and this is not to be self-promotional, but um, as fiduciaries, does that mean that we have to remain apolitical? What, what's the sort of fine print there? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it means that you're going to do what's in the best interest of your client. And so uh, if your client, it doesn't mean that you're apolitical from the sense that we vote, uh, we have opinions, we are free to share those opinions. Um, but what it does mean is that whatever we are doing is in the best interest of the client. And so now clients have can make their own decisions. So if client says, uh, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, let's let's take Adam's example, build on Adam's example. Let's say that there's an ESG fund and you have two comparable funds and one fund has a 2% higher return, but the other fund has some ESG uh, filters that make it more attractive to that client. They're they're environmentally conscious, and it's important to them that they invest their money that way. Mm-hmm. Well, it, as a fiduciary, you don't step in and say, "Hey, my job is to get you the highest returns," because your client knows that they're giving up something in returns, and they're comfortable with that. They've made that decision. So, the best interest of your client is actually served by giving them. Uh, the best ESG funds and explaining the trade-offs to them. And so it's not a political, you know, it's not up to me to say, well, I disagree with your, you know, views on the environment or global warming or causes for global warming or none of that. My job is to find the investments that allow my, my, my client to uh, invest in a way that they are comfortable with. I think that's pretty much it for my questions. Is there anything else you guys want to add? My my the title to this podcast, and maybe you can, maybe you both have answered this already. Is what if your advisor has different political views than you? Is that okay? And it seems like Michael's saying, or I'm sorry, that Adam is saying it's it's actually better if they are similar. Um, but Adam, do you think that maybe in that case a client should change to someone who's similar, or can they get along perfectly fine? I think it has to be driven by the client. From yeah. any advisor's perspective, I think their political uh, leanings versus the client's political leanings should not enter the picture. Right. It should not influence your view. I think any advisor, fiduciary or not, should be focused on helping your client achieve their goals. Okay. Bottom line. So that's my view. It shouldn't matter. I have clients, like I said, who I disagree with on certain things. I feel like I'm one of the rare, I'm sure I'm not, but. With news today, I feel like I'm one of the rare people where throw me a topic and it's kind of a coin flip on like where I kind of land on it. So there's clients where I agree with them on certain things, disagree on others. I have clients that, you know, we we wouldn't get along on any political topic whatsoever, but it doesn't matter. Okay. And it, it gets back to what is your philosophy for investing? Okay. Now, if your advisor, and this gets back again, so what is your process? What is that system that you've developed to help you make decisions over and over again? Um, for us, this is where our, our, our process doesn't really include the current political climate or the current political um, you know, party that is in power. Because what we're doing is we're saying, well, let's, like Michael said, we're looking at different scenarios that could occur. Whether Republicans are in power, whether Democrats are in power, we might have, let's say, a 15% recession or 15% drop in equity values, okay? We might have inflation of 2.5%, so on and so forth. We might have interest rates go up by 1%. We might have these things happen. And at some point in history, we will absolutely have these things happen. 
So our job is to build a portfolio that is going to outperform the benchmarks, right? Outperform the indexes over five-year rolling periods, we think, in any of these environments. Okay, so if you invest given that kind of approach, it doesn't really matter. We're, we're not really factoring in any type of political bias whatsoever, okay? Because that's a separate conversation. All we're trying to do is build something that's going to be solid and perform well in all environments relative to the benchmarks. Okay, so I would say if you're an investor looking for an advisor, you have to know yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know how closely you hold your political beliefs and your political allegiances and how important they are to you. And then make your decision from there. If it's not that important to you and you're simply trying to find the best possible advisor that's going to look out for you, that should be your goal. And you should absolutely disregard your advisor's political allegiances. And then as a subnote to that, I'd also say, if you don't care about politics when it comes to your investments and you meet with an advisor and they care deeply about politics when it comes to their investments, probably a good sign to maybe check a few other options first. Um, just because that right there is kind of telling you their process is going to be not solely data driven. That would be my two cents. Michael, what do you think? I would... I would tend to agree. I think, uh, you know, the Hartford Hartford funds did a study and came out and said, uh, I don't know, something like 57 percent of people uh, think that it's very important that they or, or sorry, was very important, somewhat important. It mattered to them somewhat what their advisor felt, how their advisor would vote. I think, uh, you know, if I was an investor looking for an advisor, it, it, it might come up in my discussion simply from the perspective of, hey, are you aware that there's something going on called an election? You know, are you at least, you know, do you have thoughts? Are you an informed individual? Other than that, if, if the guy came, you know, came across as, uh, uninformed, or if my advisor, if I asked her a question and she said, oh, no, I didn't know about that. You know, it's a pretty big thing for you to be uninformed about. That would be worrisome. Uh, if, if they came back and they said, hey, because of these things that matter to me, I'm going to vote this way. Okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to vote differently. It won't matter. Uh, so I think it, it's, it's not going to affect, it wouldn't affect my relationship with somebody. Uh, hopefully, you know, if statistics are right, it does actually matter to people. People are actually curious. I don't know if it's necessarily just because we're humans and we wonder. Um, one of the things, you know, I was, was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about a yard sign and they said um, they moved into a neighborhood and they uh, had, you know, neighbors who were across the political spectrum, and they moved in and they put up a yard sign during an election year. And they realized, oh, wow, I've just kind of offended or put up a small wall between me and half of my neighbors. And to be honest, I know, you know, I, I know my neighbors around me who share my political views. I know who the neighbors around me who have different political views, or at least who are going to vote differently or have already voted differently if they if they voted early. 
And while personally it doesn't matter to me, I do know that it matters to other people. I do know for mm-hmm. certain that there are people who say, well, I was going to be friends with those guys, but now they've got the Biden sign up or those guys have the Trump sign up. You know, people who just look and they make these assumptions based on a yard sign. And so, you know, whether it's your advisor or not, I would I would say that it, there's there's just a lot of aspects to people. People mm-hmm. are very complex. They're very deep. Mm-hmm. They their political leanings are just a very small part of who they are. And so just spending time getting to know people um, kind of eliminates all that. The people that I know who have yard signs up who who uh, are Trump supporters in my neighborhood, they're not racist. They're conservative. They have a certain view. The people I know who have Biden signs up, they don't they don't hate America. Yeah, they don't hate America and want to see it burn. They just fundamentally have some different views. And so it's just, you know, you get to know those people and you're like, all right. But I do think it's I think it's important just to to try to get beyond the initial bias and to remember we've talked about this so many times in the past. So so we have to remember, and we said this before, that media's job seems to be to stir up dissension, to create div- divisions between people. And mm-hmm. so just as an individual, whether you're you know, fighting for unity with your neighbors, uh, with people across the political aisle. I think it's important just not to look like, to look at those people and think, oh, I disagree with them on this one issue, a wall goes up. So whether it's your advisor, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's, you know, family members around Thanksgiving, uh, just try not to let that happen. Try to look for areas where you can agree and get along and, uh, you know, have some, some calm family dinners. <laughs> Adam, anything else you want to add on that before we get out of here? No, I couldn't improve that sentiment at all. I agree completely. I think everyone would be well served if we all took that advice to heart. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks, Jared. If you have a question for either Michael or Adam concerning this topic or anything else, please visit assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every single episode. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.